And now it is a time for a grand history lesson. Now enjoy and learn from our grand geeks. Hello, everybody. We are at the Grand History Lesson once again. I am the Grand Inquisitor, Jeffrey, right here. And who else do we have here? Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm here with D20 Adventure Realms, uh, D&D uh, event, and, and Dungeon Master Trainer. And, call, and all <laughs> kinds of wonderful stuff right there. And you do so wonderfully at that. And who we have for you guys today is Ted Naismith. Amazing artist, by the way. you got to look him up, guys. <laughs> and how are you doing today? Pretty good, thanks. Yeah, just uh, different things to do as usual. Uh, divide my time between uh, getting a little bit of drawing done and doing the kind of correspondence and other uh, back and forth and errands, etc. And I'm juggling usually two or three things going at the same time. So that's uh, how it goes usually. Yeah. I'll preach into the choir. That sounds like just about every single one of us here, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I work at home and all that, so it's kind of loose. It's nice. You always got you always got to love it when you be able to work at home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much we're just gonna we're, we're gonna have some questions for you regarding like you know you know your art and you know your the upbringing with regard to how you developed your style and all that. So if you don't mind, we'll just go ahead and get right to it. Yeah, well, Alrighty. Why don't you uh, start and kind of introduce uh, some of the work for those listeners that aren't familiar with you yet? If anyone doesn't know, I've done a quite a lot of illustration of J.R.R. Tolkien uh, since I was in my teens, really, and, uh, and a, an art student, um, in which uh, I kept at until um, I got a lot of encouragement from uh, people around me. Uh, I was already embarking on a career in, in another type of illustration work, which was architectural renderings, but uh, that was kind of my day job, and, it, uh, and I indulged my fantasies and, and love of Tolkien on my spare time eventually got the work to the attention of the publishers in uh, London of, of Tolkien which was George Allen and Unwin at the time and uh, managed to uh, get them interested in publishing some of my work in the late 80s which came out in a calendar and from then on I started having regular calendar gigs um, every two three years um, several full calendars and then uh, in the <clears throat> mid 90s we uh, came to an understanding about the um, sketches I'd done from the Silmarillion, which were uh, turned into um, a presentation for Christopher Tolkien at one of their regular meetings. And uh, he had, uh, for a long time, um, turned them down whenever they had expressed an interest in having an illustrated edition created. But when he saw my uh, color sketches and thumbnails and things like that, that I kind of gathered that together and thinking, you know, well, maybe there's some kind of illustration project potentially there. Mm -hmm. Uh, without any particular uh, expectations. So they showed them to him. He was interested in considering an illustrated edition on the basis of that, and then we got down to the specifics of that. And now the, you know, the book has been out for a number of years. So that was a particularly uh, important um, commission for me. And beyond that, it's just smaller things, uh, incidental things, Book covers and things of this kind, uh, but I've been, you know, pretty solidly identified with J.R.R. Tolkien. Was in, um, invited to work on the films with Peter Jackson's company, but uh, at the time was just a bit of an awkward situation and it was complicated. So I, I decided not to do that. But uh, it, you know, didn't uh, particularly have anything to do with my um, um, judgment of the, the production at all. Um, but I was able to go and see it, which was nice with uh, friends and had, you know, no prior kind of expectations. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So beyond that, 
and sorry, beyond, and beyond that, it's just coming to some George R. R. Martin work in, in the last decade as well, which you may have heard about. But if not, um, I've done a number of the castles from the book to Game of Thrones, and also illustrated the deluxe um, collectible numbered edition as well, a two-volume edition that came out about five years ago, I guess. And so two big uh, deal things for that, and uh, and I hope to do more Martin in the future. I love how you're drawn to this, just these massive epic stories. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. Yes. <laughs> well, certainly the Tolkien epic in mm -hmm. particular. Yeah, I, I love the Martin books. I just enjoyed them for their for their own sake. I, I was, just, you know, I didn't know much about his um, the, the whole thing, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, but uh, I was uh, contacted by him about 2005, I think it must have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was interested in having me illustrate something or other. One of the books that was coming out uh, later uh, uh, didn't turn out quite that way in the end, but um, I did get, end up working with him. And I asked my friend, um, so who's George R. R. Martin? He goes, oh, oh, really? He's contacted you? That's pretty good. <laughs> and he sent over uh, three copies of his books graciously and signed them. And then I proceeded to start reading them. And I realize that yeah this guy's a really good novelist i really love how he's constructed all these interesting characters and you know and it wasn't put off too much by um his you know killing off main characters in the first book and all the rest <laughs> of that but, but yeah a bit of a fan of the of the books themselves and uh, yeah just uh we'll see what happens with uh, where his work is going now and uh and of course we're all interested in Amazon production of Lord of the Rings and what that's going to mean. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's on the horizon. And I subsist these days on commissions mostly. I'm not getting a lot of stuff published as far as my Tolkien art, but um, I do sell prints and I get commissions for originals from a fairly steady stream of uh, uh, patrons and investors and people. So that's been really wonderful as well. Um, and that, that gets me doing stuff that I wouldn't normally necessarily do. And in between, I throw in a few of my own that I want to do as well. So there's a lot of publishable stuff I've still got here. And, uh, and I'm enjoying um, continuing to, you know, go to conferences. I've got a couple lined up this year. And, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there was wonderful one last fall in uh, Brittany, Blew up Brittany with a, a group of people that had uh, their own little kind of get, uh, Tolkien get together, a festival. Um, they brought me and my uh, partner over there. We had a wonderful time. They showed us all over the place, including uh, Monsieur Michel, the, the great uh, monastery uh, and abbey um, out on the coastal uh, mudflats, you know, uh, Normandy, mm -hmm. and uh, was a sort of an inspiration for Minas Tirith, apparently. Do you uh, do you draw inspiration from all of these uh, works of fiction as well as from real life examples, uh, kind of similar landscapes and that sort of thing? Oh yeah, that's um, you know I didn't think I was going to turn out to be a, a landscape illustrator at all uh, when I was an art student. I was all into cars and, and illustrating, you know, <laughs> airbrush stuff, you know, <laughs> right? Which I do, which I love doing as well. If, if anyone knows my art, it's uh, you know it's, it's there's a lot of automotive stuff that I've managed to do over the years, but it's just a kind of a sideline. But anyway, the uh, landscape, um, I draw from my own photos as well as, 
Um, where do I get off uh, internet uh, images? And I used to go through National Geographics and, and you know, you name it. Uh, I was just looking up stuff at the libraries and uh, wherever. So, mm -hmm. and, and on my travels, of course, which aren't all that extensive, but uh, I've been fortunate to be able to go to Switzerland tw two years in a row lately, which uh, was, has opened my eyes and renewed my inspirations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's beautiful landscapes out there. Definitely uh, yeah. full of inspiration. <laughs> now, kind of... Now that we're on this topic of inspiration right here, what I want to ask you, Eric, who do you um, count as your artistic influences, Ted? Right, right. Um, I was going to uh, talk about that as well. So that's a number of, um, you know, the traditional uh, big sort of concept landscape painters of the 19th century, American luminists, uh, Frederick Church and uh, Thomas Cole, uh, Maxfield Parrish, uh, all that kind of, and Albert Bierstadt particularly, um, all of these people and their um, fellow uh, painters, and many from Europe as well, and Norwegians and others that uh, have done these gorgeous, gorgeous um, landscape and high realism and a kind of romantic style. These, these kind of paintings you go to see in the museum and they're about uh, 12 feet wide. Oh, wow. So, um, Beautiful. Thought that would be very applicable to Lord of the Rings, uh, except of course giving it a nice sort of fantasy uh, uh, cast to it, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, and that got me going because I didn't see anyone else doing anything of that kind, and uh, I just felt like I was there to fill a niche, and I was kind of entertaining myself. Um, like you hear about J.R.R. Tolkien and, and C.S. Lewis talking about in the '30s with their inkling friends that they liked a certain type of fiction that there just wasn't enough of. So they decided to write more of it themselves, <laughs> right. you know, and so my art is also like, I don't see enough of what I like, so I better just create it for myself. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of led to an awful lot of, you know, I, you know, who knew how, how far it would go. Uh, and so these uh, various painters, as well as uh, movie influences, uh, certain types of um, set design and, you know, for instance, uh, the, the production in, I guess, the 1940s or 30s of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. It's all you know, very sort of soft focus and fantastical, and you know, these kinds of things. When you see them as a child, you know, especially it just fires your imagination. We uh, we recently spoke with John Garth. Oh yes, um, Garth. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of thinking about, especially with uh, the historical tie-ins to Tolkien's experience with World War One. Um, right. Did you use any of those historical photos as reference uh, to maybe get an idea of, of where Tolkien was coming from? Um, was that maybe a source of inspiration for you as well? Well, I like. I would say this that um, I've read his biography and biographical essays and all sorts of things about him mm -hmm. and. Um, research into his sources as well the, the um, source criticism gives me ideas on what how to maybe take a, approaches to his um, il the illustration of his art uh, his um, you know writings and so on but uh, not getting inspiration visually from like pictures of his childhood so much uh, you know that's more just kind of historical interest in who he was as a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a certain detachment because I don't relate that well to his the way he lived and, and what happened to him. Mm -hmm. um, but I I just kind of feel like we're kindred spirits, you know, the way people do connect with an author like him. And it just, uh, but it manifests itself in sort of different ways as well, I guess, uh, like my own particular variations on, on what Tolkien means to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do get a lot of, um, like I think one of the, 
particular reasons why I've, I've struck a chord with fans is that I, I just seem to have a knack for reflecting what they think would be an authentic um, image uh, taken from the books. And so, it, you know, that's what drives you along. You just figure, well, if that's if what I'm doing is kind of connecting in that way, then it, it's uh, it's worth continuing with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. With all of the stuff you've done so far, you have many works that are that are to your credit and many beautiful works, I will add, as a matter of fact. Would you say that there's a particular concept or aspect of Middle Earth that you have not yet depicted artistically yet? And if so, what would that be? Oh, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of um, areas, parts of the history that I've um, not really gotten into in any deep way. And I would also say if we just stuck with the Lord of the Rings itself, <laughs> there are many areas where I, like I, I've done since um, whole binders full of thumbnails, just going through the books, uh, one, you know, A to Z, and drawing ideas out of it. Um, and a lot of those still remain as just little drawings and little sort of inklings and ideas and germs of things. So it would, uh, it's part of what, you know, I, I kind of get a, a kick out of, well, every so often, let's look at something that I haven't done from there and see if I want to just develop it into a full-size painting or, um, and or just take ones I've done before and re uh, redo them, um, like just a new version of it, which mm -hmm. has happened with Rivendell a number of times and Minas Tirith and a few of them. These images that you kind of like get a new idea or a fresh idea about it and you want to kind of carry that on and... and Maybe just express it a little better than you did the first time or the third or fourth time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Always improving. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of little, little um, nooks and crannies, and I love doing stuff like that. Um, like, there's a meeting between Treebeard and Galadriel near the end of the book uh, called Many Meetings in that chapter, I think. it's And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's like no one's, like, I, I don't think anyone's illustrated that. It would make a great little scene with, the, you know, kind of the, uh, Isengard and uh, Orthanc in the background, uh, you know, after after they've been kind of destroyed. Um, so yeah, you know, there's there's a lot there, and you get into first, second, and uh, early third age. <laughs> there's a quite a lot of um, ideas and characters. I mean, I'd love to do the unfinished tales. There's so much in that that's uh, very rich image wise. And little nooks and crannies that you don't even um, visit so much in Lord of the Rings. And, and so, um, yeah. We had a, uh, another question kind of concerning the, you know, the different locations and especially the the scenes uh, throughout the books. Is is there kind of a different way that you approach the more peaceful parts of the stories compared to the the, the scarred, the war, war scarred yeah. or, or dismal settings? Right, right. Of course. Yeah, there's. That's to me um, part of what is I find interesting with uh, Lord of the Rings and, and other Tolkien books is the contrast between the terrifying images and the deep, sort of you know more more violent and, and somber, etc., dark, etc., mm -hmm. and uh, the sublime, sort of um, refined and almost. Uh, what would you call it? I guess uh, just you know enchantment and glamour mm -hmm. uh, of, of fairy and how that's expressed. Um, so the the way those things interact is one of the kind of great dynamics of the book too. Mm -hmm. So I definitely try to um, hone in on those kinds of um, atmospherics and, and 
see when I did Silmarillion, one of the things that struck me as um, important for this book that was considered difficult and a little bit too depressing and so on was to bring up more of the fairy images, the, the things that truly are sublime and unique and, and quite Tolkien-esque uh, in their beauty. So uh, that was one of my missions was to uh, get more of that in it. Mm -hmm. And in, in a couple of conversations where we had one slot where we could put an illustration, there were three or four possibilities for the nearby sort of descriptions of scenes, I would tend to push for the one that was more... Um, otherworldly and fairy-like. Mm -hmm. I, I love the, uh, I love the idea of, of glamour as, as being a part of that enchantment. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah, I can, yeah, I can really like, appreciate that. <laughs> it's the old Gaelic sense of the word. You mm -hmm. know, exactly. Kind of the... If you can share with us, of course, is there anything currently that you are working on that, uh, that, that is, uh, taking up your time or interest right now that you could share um, with us? Well, anything as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just took it to get scanned, and uh, it's uh, one of my own. I had, you know, I rarely get chances to do, well, actually not that rare, but uh, I did a bunch of Hobbit stuff, Hobbit-inspired stuff before the films came out so that I could say that, you know, I put some of my own ideas down and uh, express them and, and, not, and not be accused of borrowing or stealing from the movie sets or anything. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I had this idea to do... Uh, Mount Tenequitil, the sort of holy mountain of Valinor, and uh, I had done it in a couple of earlier illustrations, was never quite satisfied with it. I always liked Tolkien's uh, watercolor, and I looked at that and I thought, well, it would be interesting to sort of interpret that in kind of realistic style, and so I did, uh, I had the idea for a number of years, probably seven, eight years at least, and had a thumbnail that I blew up and was sort of hanging on my walls just to remind me. And finally, I had a little bit of a downtime this uh, spring, and I, I took it on, and I, I just finished it up. So I'll be posting on Facebook probably in the next little while with uh, descriptive uh, information and a few of the in-progress shots and so on. But, uh, we're hoping to have it um, mounted in a frame as a print for when I go to Birmingham next month uh, for the big Tolkien gathering there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 that was one uh, very current one. Um, I guess there isn't really anything Tolkien before that, unless we look at um, approaching address, which, yeah, that was about, back in the winter I did. It was a private commission uh, posted on Facebook as well, and I got a great response to that one, which was great. Yeah, it's I mean, a beautiful it seemed one to end up doing that. mountains, you know, and it's, this Swiss connection keeps coming through. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, there are like four jobs in a row it was like mountains 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 but, uh, that was that was no problem so suffice it to say you were almost having the same inspiration of mountains just like when tolkien was visiting the swiss alps in 1911 to give him the idea for the misty I, mountains I know, exactly. <laughs> like we would I, we, we're pretty sure he must have had a, a notebook or a diary or something like that that has never been published which tracks um, the entire trip which took over a month i didn't really quite appreciate how long they were there and so uh, he's tramping up and down these mountains uh, for days and days and, and uh, camping and staying at hostels and things. So he observes an awful lot and gets a massive amount of um, ideas and, and kind of inspiration, therefore. And as my friends are writing up a book on this whole thing uh, now, kind of doing more in-depth research, they're, uh, 
surprised at how many um, kind of resonances there are in Swiss lore and in uh, the landscape itself and locations and things that kind of translate uh, rather easily uh, to places in Middle Earth that we know about. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Mountains uh, in the mirror, mirror picture I did about two years ago. Again, that was just a, that was the client's request to do that scene, and I had never really done that one properly. I just did a little illustration for Iron Crown Enterprises back in the 90s and thought it would be a nice one to take on and do a proper job of it, and it turned out to be one of the better ones, too. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. so, yeah, that sounds. Uh, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I love that uh, people are coming to you with these uh, with these requests. You know, either for specific scenes or or more yeah, general, uh, you know, general scenes that that you can do. So, um, I I think that was kind of all the questions that we yeah, had. That's that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we the long and the short of it, we pretty much covered right there, my friend. Yeah. Thanks. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Um, before we kind of uh, finish, I'd love if you could share where people can find your work, mm -hmm. uh, where they could um, come to you for commissions, and uh, how they can kind of find places to enjoy your work as well. Right. Right. Um, well, I. I do have a Facebook page under my name, and it's not all that much art on it. A lot of other stupid stuff, but then that's what Facebook's kind of about. It's just like <laughs> everything together is a mixed bag. I don't have one that's strictly devoted to my uh, artwork. And uh, my website is still there, and uh, I've got to put a few new things in there, but that's just www.tednaismith.com. Pretty easy. Oh, yeah. What I was just going to say individually, the one that I think I love the most from you was the uh, – the, uh, the Kinslane at Alqualande myself. That oh, was... thank you so much. Yeah, that one really meant a lot to me too. And, and Christopher himself was the one, you know, Tolkien, who uh, he really pointed to that one and, and, and also encouraged me to do it. So, yeah, yeah, that was a difficult piece that uh, did come together, I felt. Thanks so much. That's wonderful. Well, that pretty much wraps up what we were going to be covering with you today. We definitely thank you for this time, and uh, we appreciate you, pre appreciate you sitting down with us to share a little bit about how you became an artist and your influences and the world that you helped envision when you were doing uh, Tolkien's Middle Earth. Yeah, thank That's you so much. much. You're my, my great pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Jeremy. Go right ahead. Thank you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Do your stuff. <laughs> do your, exactly. Do your stuff. Uh, well, th yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. Um, my name is Jeremy Sampson. I'm the head game master of D20 Adventure Realms. I do D&D events here in Orange County, California. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Meetup, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Get on, in on his sessions, guys. His sessions are truly amazing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. Check out our other podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. And check out our site at thegrandgeekgathering.com for, for our articles, other shows, and more. You can stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week. And GGG. -G -G. Yeah.